Hi, and welcome to Book Club, a Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I'm Olivia Fuller. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. So you've likely heard of IQ, or the intelligence quotient, which measures our logic and reasoning abilities. And you've also likely heard of EQ, which measures our emotional intelligence. But what about PQ? In his new book, Selling Through Partnering Skills, Fred Copestake explains how partnering intelligence is a critical third layer of skills that salespeople need to be successful today. When people know how to build effective partnerships, it can lead to increased trust, collaboration, and more. So we're so excited to have Fred join our podcast today to share some of the key insights from his book. Fred, can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Sure, yeah. So Fred Copestake, congratulations. You got the name bang on. Um, <laughs> I, get, I get versions. Cupcake, soap flake, chopstick, but cope steak, you got it right. Um, now, I'm founder of Brindis, so I'm a sales training consultancy. Um, over the last 22 years, I've been around the world 14 times, um, 36 countries. I've worked with over 10,000 salespeople. Um, so, you know, I've been involved in, in sort of helping sales keep people get better for, for quite a long time. And so, yeah, that's why I put the ideas into the book to make sure that you know we're sharing stuff that's bang up to date that's going with the latest sales shifts if you like. That's great. So your book talks about the importance of PQ or that partnering intelligence as we mentioned but what does it mean to have partnering intelligence and why is that important for sales? PQ so if we think of IQ and EQ people probably know these and, and PQ is like the sort of the lesser known cousin if you like um, and it was sort of back in the 90s where Steve Bent did some research around this, that he found that people are involved in, in partnerships and business alliances have got uh, these, these elements. And these elements, it's great because we can recognize them, we can understand them, we can train them. And then they break down into these six things. First is trust. So trust is foundational all your relationships. Trust is about being able to communicate well. Another one is win-win orientation. You know, again, we talk about that in sales a lot, though. We talk about mutual benefit. Um, we talk about how people negotiate, how we can compromise, how we can problem solve. We talk about self-disclosure and feedback. So this is like giving part of yourself. So talking about what it is that you need and equally feeding back to customers and maybe even challenging them, saying, you know, kind of, you're not helping me to help you type of thing. Talk about comfort with interdependence. So once we start working with somebody, we do become interdependent with them. So we have to give up elements of control which is another important thing, professional sales. Comfort with change. Again, I'd say professional salespeople need to be all over change. We're change agents to a degree. And then future orientation. You know, we want to be looking forward in the stuff we're trying to do with our customers rather than always looking backwards and making decisions based on past. We're trying to sort of look at, look at things going ahead. So, so they're, they're the six elements of PQ. And, and so for me, they just really spoke for that anybody involved in professional sales, that's something that we would want to be um, we want to be thinking about. That's fantastic. So as you mentioned in the book, you discuss six different elements of PQ and one of those is trust. So let's dig into that piece a little bit more. What does trust have to do with successful partnership? So, um, I mean, so trust, like I said, it is, it is the foundation for, for all um, 
for, for, for all relationships. Um, better trust will get us better communication. Um, if we communicate better, then we'll start to understand people better. And so the things that we say we're going to do, we can do. People can become uh, more reliable. Um, we can become more credible because people will know that we know our stuff, if you like. We can work out whether we're comfortable sharing information with people, you know, when we come into it with them. Um, really, the thing with trust is we can work out is somebody doing all these things that they, they're saying and um, promising for themselves or really for the partnership? What, what's the degree of the orientation towards themselves? So that's, for me, sort of how trust, how trust breaks down. When we look at the, the 10 Cs, the 10 Cs, again, you can split into two areas. Um, so we can look at the sort of the areas which are more to do with the relationship that we need to build when we're, when we're, when we're building trust. And equally, there's things that are to do with task. So there's these, there's these two parts, the 10 Cs, which just very nicely break down into, into a bunch of letters that are beginning, beginning with C. That's great. So another thing that you discuss in your book is the value framework, which helps salespeople really put those partnering skills into action. So can you tell our audience what the value framework is? The, the value framework, so if, if you imagine on the one hand, you've got your PQ, you've got the partnering skills, you've got those six elements I talked about. On the other hand, you've got sales best practice. You know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. We don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, it's like there's loads of good things. You know, people have their favored sort of questioning techniques, they'll have ways in which they go about doing certain things, they might have kick out management structures they use. All that stuff's good. You know, we, we don't need to, to lose that. But what we need to do is to bring it together with this concept of partnering skills. And that's what the value framework does. That, that's what kind of knits these things together. Where very basically, the V is about validating. So it's making sure that the right opportunity, the right customer, it's somebody that we can work with and we can collaborate with. You know, it takes two to tango, if you like. A is about aligning. So then this is doing your homework. This is thinking, okay, so I reckon this is a good opportunity. I think I can add some value here. So what might that value look like? How can I start to think a little bit like them, put myself in their shoes, start to really work out, this is where we could do some stuff together so that you're well prepared to go to have you know, valuable meetings. And that's the L, leverage part. Leverage that information, leverage that insight, help people think, work together so that we can start to put together decent propositions, a good proposal, and underpin so prop up what it is that we we're saying that we can do together you know prove it have a plan to do that and so that e is evolve the relationship and the things we're delivering start to evolve so that's what the value framework is is validate align leverage underpin and evolve and it brings all that all that good thinking that, that we've got into a very practical way of, of applying it and making it work Fantastic. So why does that value framework approach have an impact? Maybe what are some of the things that you've seen with how it's been successful? The, the value framework I actually developed out of, out of another one, which was customer success management. So customer success management is about delivering outcomes, isn't it? Um, and so I looked at that and thought, you know what, when we keep saying these things are different, they're very close together, sales, customer success management. We can, I love taking learnings from different areas and thought, well, yeah, that's about delivering. So this has got to be what the framework for delivering on sales has got to look like. 
So that's why I take that and sort of had a bit of a bit of a tweak with the, the original one that, that I based that on. Um, and, and so yeah, that, that that's why we, we that's why we know it works. And I think it's so important because if you look at this the shift in selling from where we were just talking about maybe sort of being consultative and solving problems, which is great, you know, that's a good solid foundation, to being value-based. Again, I've got a problem with that, but they're more now for me foundations. And that we need to be getting this collaborative mindset to really be making a difference in the way that we need to operate today. You know, we need to we need to be more customer focused rather than just thinking my sales process, my sales ways of operating. I'm going to do this stuff. Hang on a minute. Again, go back to the expression I used before. It takes two to tango. Customers we know are more advanced down buying cycles. We know that they've got a lot of information available. We know that they've got their own ways of working. So again, the cute salesperson is going to work that out and start to kind of align and do things in a way that that's collaborating far better. And, and again, that part of skills, the mindset, the practical application of it helps people to do that. That's great. So another thing that you talk about in your book is the evolution of the sales profession. And you actually go through some different periods in time and the different trends or fads that were going on in sales at that time. Um, but just given the many business changes that we've seen in the world just over the last few months, how have you seen the sales profession evolve recently and then maybe how do you think sales will continue to evolve in the next year or even beyond certainly i mean you know virtual selling it was kind of there anyway the technology was certainly available and i guess that for whatever reason you know maybe part and part partly the salesperson maybe to a degree the customer the other buyer didn't really want to engage in it so much it was forced on us and so people had to do things sort of using the technology available, using video conference and, and the rest of it. And I've, what, what I've seen is that people have done that, have done that okay, you know, and people have done it, sat around their sort of dining room tables and everything. And, and this insight into people's more sort of personal life and everything, it's been, it's been eye-opening. It's been, that, that, that's done a lot for building relationships, I think. But going back to sort of the, the professional selling piece, everyone's been okay at it, but the professionals that, are professional that care about what they do have started to do things which are raising the bar they're looking how can they use the technology to get better at the way they do this stuff how can they collaborate better and funny enough the tech does lend itself to better collaboration and not just the video conference stuff but if you think about the platforms how you can share things you can create stuff together you, know, you don't need to be stood around a whiteboard to do a good whiteboard in fact you could argue that a digital whiteboard's better because rather than me go, oh yeah, I've got this thing at home. It's like, bang, there you go. I put I put the, the picture I wanted in there. You go and get the document that you wanted to share. So it's not just scribbling on the screens and things. We're seeing this level of virtual interaction and virtual selling really start to raise. And I think that's what I think that's what will continue over over the next the next year or so. I saw some McKinsey figures just recently where they said that 65% of, of customers are saying actually it's just as effective working that way. Quite a high number. So there's this opportunity to keep pushing that bar and raising it. So this is all good stuff. Now, the other thing I'm seeing is that people are still resisting. 
no, it's going to go back to normal. I'm going to be okay. Will my stuff is far too important to do over a VC or whatever. That gap is getting bigger, and so the people that are sort of here and not moving with times or even being okay at it, but positively trying not to, are going to get left behind. I think that I think that that is something we'll start to see, and people just. You know, kind of go, oh, yeah, we can go out and visit people now. And customers say, no, we don't want it. We want it like this. Or I'm picking people that I can work with because they, they get this, this stuff and pay better. That's fantastic insight. Well, Fred, thank you so much for joining us today. And to our audience, we absolutely recommend picking up his new book, Selling Through Partnering Skills. So thanks so much again, Fred, for taking the time to share some of your insights with our audience. That's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And to our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, or expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.